Hello, welcome back to Room 501 with me, Reece Saunders, joining me in picking five things he dislikes and throwing them into the barrel of destiny is none other than one half of my fa- one of my favourite podcasts in the world. It is the legendary Finley Martin. Hello, Finn. How are you? Well, well hold on a second. You were about to say my favourite, and you said one of my favourite podcasts. So which what is it? Which is it? I mean, no, it's it's okay. It's level with the Peter Crouch podcast, but that's gone now. So this kind of takes this. The yeah, Palestine podcast is number one. Wow, that's <laughs> that, that's more like it. I mean, listen, great <laughs> to do this when you're putting me over like that. So no, I'm just kidding. Hey, great to be here. Thanks for inviting me on your show. And no, no, uh, I've never I've never done anything like this before. So I'm. You know, I've got to say I've made some notes, which I generally, which I don't do when we do the Palestine podcast. <laughs> it's all ad-libbed. But today, because it's, you know, veering off into unfamiliar territory, I've made some notes for this. I hope you don't mind. I hope you don't mind disclo- me disclosing that, you know. I've, uh, I've blown my cover now, haven't I? No, no, I made notes for mine as well. Because when I did mine... Uh, because my, the, my, my host, Carl Pierce, a very good friend of mine, he um, he gave me six so I only made five. So I did all my five, and I got to. The, and he said, "Oh, I give you a sickle on there." Going, um, um, <laughs> panicking for a little bit, but no, 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 it's prepared. I like it. I like the preparation. But what I'm going to say though, you've come to the warehouse where the barrel bin is. I'm enjoying the John Cena face mask. You're showing your true colours there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, I, I, it, yeah, the truth's come out now. Secretly, <laughs> all along, I've been a fan. <laughs> I mean, the, the headband was a bit much. Thank you for taking that off. But no, I, I appreciate the face mask. <laughs> That's it. Well, you know, what's his catchphrase? He's never give up. Uh, I can't even remember the rest of them, but you know, that's that's my that's my motto as well, John. And thanks for making me feel empowered. You know, it's you know, I've got him there spiritually, helping me along today in this recording. You know, if it wasn't for John, I mean, I wouldn't be the man I am today. No, I mean. Uh, I, uh, John Cena. I mean, I've got two John Cena pop vinyls looking at me right now in utter disgust. So I'm just going to... I mean, uh, oh, God, I've got him next to Vincent Man of... Oh, yeah, let's move on. Let's move on. Let's talk hey, about you know, listen, you know, I'm not saying all sins forgiven with John Cena because you know, <laughs> it would take more than this. But that Firefly Funhouse match he had with Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania, oh. that did go some way towards atoning for his crimes against pro wrestling so i mean you know let's give him that let's give him that and it's quite funny actually because john cena kind of features in one of my selections today oh i cannot wait i mean i do want to say the five four fun house match is my favorite thing in wrestling all year it's just it's 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 a masterpiece and bray wyatt is a genius he certainly is he certainly is i just think you know i thought you know the match she had with Randy on on uh, on Raw was was pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. I mean the match she had, he had a match was it with the Miz the other week? Yes. Yeah. yeah, and that was I thought that was a real disappointment. And you know maybe Bray just needs to get in the ring a little bit more. He kind of looks a bit sluggish to me. So that's the only yeah. criticism I've got of Bray Wyatt. Oh, definitely. But I think so. I think for me, Bray Wyatt is this generation's Mick Foley in a way, in terms of your know, three faces of wire in a way in a way that he wrestles it does feel that way but i'm I, you know i i've only saw all things of mick foley i'm not seeing mick foley matches in full so i may be wrong you're the man who can tell me that i'm 100 percent wrong 
No, no, I think, I think you're right. I mean, Foley did lots of different things. He played lots of different characters, some of them silly, some of them serious. And that was a big part of his appeal. You know, who's he going to be and you know, what's he going to do next? And, you know, I always feel that you know, when he did his, you know, anti-hardcore crusade in ECW in late 1995, I always thought that was one of the most groundbreaking characters, certainly to that point in wrestling history. And the fact that he was going out there and telling the ECW fans that everything they believed in was a lie. And they were like, <laughs> what's this? You know, what's he saying? This guy, you know, this guy, we've we put him on a pedestal. This is our guy. You know, he's telling us that everything, you know, now we've got to rethink everything. We don't want to do that. And that to me was one of, you know, one of the most intelligent characters, probably could have been the most intelligent wrestling character ever ever until that point in wrestling history, in my opinion. And then he went to WWF the next year as Mankind. Lots of people thought that would fail. Uh, it didn't. Um, you know, he had that feud with the, with the Undertaker in 96, which was Undertaker's best feud at that point in his career. And yes. then went on to, you know, had the match with Shawn Michaels. So that was at Mind Games. And that was like match of the year in the Power Slam Reader Awards that year. And, you know, and then you know, managed to earn Vince McMahon's trust and confidence and was allowed to show the other side, the real side of his personality. And then we got all the different characters and that prolonged and extended and uh, enhanced his career in so many ways. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, I would go, I would agree with that. Yeah, I think there's a lot of similarities there uh, in that they can do lots of different things. You never quite know what they're going to do next. Um, and, and by creating these different characters for themselves it gave them so much more scope um to make them make themselves more interesting as characters and as performers um you know and, and increase their you know star and their celebrity so i mean it's a lot i'm not obviously not every wrestler can do that most wrestlers just play one character so in a sense it's kind of an unfair advantage but you would almost, you know, you almost think if you're a wrestler there and you're thinking, oh, look at what they're doing. You know, if only I could do that. And that in some ways should um, motivate a wrestler to try and work on his or her character to make that better, to um, enhance their career prospects. You know, what do you Def think about that? What do you think about no, that? Definitely, I agree. I mean, you look at it. Um, Alexa Bliss was stale. And then look what, she's, look, look what um, Bray Wyatt's done with her. Now she's one of the, now she's incredible again. And I want to see, and I want to see Alexa. I mean, you know, I, I want to see Alexa Bliss on my screen with Bray Wyatt. I mean, when she was just with Nikki Cross, it was getting boring. It was getting a bit stale. It was like, who's going to turn on who? I, was like, oh, I just don't care. And now she's with Bray Wyatt. It feels like she's reinvigorated again. And yeah, definitely. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. And the, and there's so much more she can do in that role because you know the the possibilities for the fun house have we seen what we now well over what like 18 months into this. It's got to be about 18 months into the fun house. I mean, they're still coming up with new material, you know, each week or, each, or every other week. And it just seems like the possibilities for this are, are almost endless. Oh, definitely. I mean, was it um, after Mania 35, I think it happened? And then, as you said, it's nearly been, what, 18 months. It's, it's just been incredible. I mean, Friendship Frog, one of the best, one of the funniest things I've seen. <laughs> but... Um, I don't see only lasted one episode, but hey, maybe you'll make a comeback, you know, like Rambling Rabbit does. Oh, you know, no, no. You know, it's, no. I mean, how many lives do we think Rambling? I mean, someone must be keeping score here. How many lives has Rambling Rabbit got? I don't know I don't what the number is, but someone must be keeping score. Oh, do you know what? I'm going to do that after this. I'm going to send it to you. Um, <laughs> 
But no, um, but yeah, I'll just before we go into your list, I just want the, the, the story about the fiend. So I went, I watched SummerSlam with um, friends of mine um, in Birmingham, and we were watching. Uh, we was in Walkabout, so we, we've watched all the matches. We get then we get, get to Finn Balor versus the Fiend. So they're going, all right, and how's this gonna go? So Finn Balor comes out all in white, bad choice because it was brown at the end, and yeah. we, we're all we're all looking at this going, okay, how's this gonna come out? And the whole bar shut up. Where you just see him come out in the hood and the mask and the lantern, and we're just there like he's going, "Oh my god!" Wow. And then, and then that's what it was. The whole I think it was about fifty, I think about seventy-five people in this bar, and it just went, it just went dead quiet. Wow. And the whole match, everyone was quiet, and we just watched it like it's going, "Oh my god, this is incredible!" What like mesmerized by what? Yeah, was that's what it was. Yeah. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I was, I, I was lacking about it. Do you watch shows often in places like this, like Walkabout? Um, occasionally, yes. I I only because I only do the big four. So Rumble, Rumble's a great one to go to. Mania's a bit of a slog because you're there, there going right. Can I? <laughs> shall I keep? Shall I keep drinking? Or shall should I stop? Should I take my sleeping bag? <laughs> <laughs> SummerSlam was good because it was like three hours long. It was really good. Survivor Series is boring. That's yeah. why I don't do it. So yeah, well, I've, I've I've done three of them, and each one's been really good. But this was the only time when everyone shut up. Ah, I was just going to ask you that. Yeah, I was just going to yeah. ask you that. This happened before, so no. Yeah, yeah. No, it was only so everyone just stood in the bar and it was just quiet. And we, even the bartenders, I don't think watched wrestling. They just looked at it just like, that. oh my god. Yeah. Oh, it was. Then, it was. I remember you. It was like one of the best presentations, certainly of that year, and one of the best sort of. I mean, this is when WWE gets it right. They get it right, and they do these things. You know, there's no one that's even one tenth as good as them when it comes to certain things. And that was that was the night when they showed you that yeah, they're the best, and don't even think about trying to compete with this because you never will. And they got it yeah. right that night. And the whole presentation was just you know with that music and the lighting. And you know, I remember at the time saying you know Finn Balor deserves tremendous praise as well for you know here's a guy you know that that was. Universal champion, right? He was universal yeah. champion, wasn't it? And like he's there, he knows it's his role to put this new guy over, and he did that. I mean, it was they had a bit of a match, um, but Fiend in the end won convincingly, as he should yeah. have done because it was it was his first official match as that character, and it was his first official match as that character, wasn't it? Yes, it was. It was yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Because he, he, he debuted when Bray Wyatt said, "Oh, this is what I've been." This- Plenty of darks from my head. He went behind the door, and that's when he appeared. But yeah, yeah that was his first. That was his first match. But we're just seeing it. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, talk about it now. I still get goosebumps because yeah. it's just—it's that damn good. I mean, I have—I I did buy—I I did buy Brave Wire Lantern though. <laughs> <in the next day. laughs> how much did? How much did that cost you? Um. Well. Um. Yeah. My. 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 My, my ex girlfriend me so <laughs> how much how much you're not willing to admit how much it cost no <laughs> okay. it, 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 i mean yeah it's like i bought oh god yeah so right, if you don't want to disclose that it's you know that's between you and you know between you and your bank manager <laughs> yeah semi stomach quid but um <laughs> not counting shipping no <laughs> <laughs> oh god yeah now we're here to uh as, as we said to finn you've picked five things that you want to throw into the barrel of the desk that is in front of you we need to get started so finn what is the first thing you want to present 
to me with your argument. Please. Okay, number one, and this is the Cena connection, the Fast and Furious movies. Now, I realise this franchise has grown into a worldwide phenomenon, complete with like a very successful, or at least in the box office, spin-off last year, which was the Hobbs and Shaw. It makes fantastic amounts of money at the box office. I don't know. I know at least one of them's done over a billion gross worldwide. But, you know, they're intellectually vacant plots. Um, you know, I mean, what's going on with the dialogue? It's all so cliched. But, I mean, to me, the thing that really offends me about these films is the car chases and even the fight scenes that defy all laws of physics to the point of, to me, to the point of despair. You know, I've never seen one of these films all the way through. I've tried to watch a few of them because I think, oh, well... If this many people are into them, you know, can this many people be wrong? And the simple answer, the truth is, yes, they are. So the fact that these <laughs> films still exist and lots of people go and watch them. I mean, you know, you end up, you know, you weep for the state of contemporary cinema, uh, you know, and for society in general, that there's an audience for this garbage. So, I mean, to, oh. me, right, you know, to me, a car chase... It should be, you know, I'm showing my age here, but people can watch old films. You know, it's not just people in the 50s like me who watch old films. Other people do as well. But to me, a car chase is like Bullet, French yes. Connection, Seven yes. Up, Seven Bullet. Up, the first Mad Max. Go back, mm. just recently watch that car chase scene again. Go back and watch the first uh, car chase from the first Mad Max film. Um, and just examine the thought that was put into that opening chase and the way in which Max was introduced to the audience. You know, there's like, there's, there's streets called Anarchy and Bedlam and everything. Uh, the point is that everything that actually was on screen really did happen. You know, even Burt Reynolds movies in the late 70s, like Smokey and the Bandit and Hooper, which were considered like low rent driving level rubbish. I mean, at least those... At least those cars actually did those things. You know, it was the CGI. I mean, even they were better than Fast and the Furious. So that's my first choice. Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree 100% with you. The Fast and Furious franchise as a whole is a load of shit. <laughs> um, I've, I like the first two. Okay, the Fast and Furious 1 and 2 were good because they were actually street racing and everything like that. It wasn't like, oh, I'm going to jump, I'm going to fly a car to Jupiter and then back. No, it's not like that. It's com I, I, I agree. It is utter. But Hobbs and Shaw is one of the worst films I've ever seen. Right, I'm not, I haven't seen that. I saw, I saw the trailer, and that was don't, enough. Don't, don't, don't. I mean, yeah, I know the Rock is a big man, but is he that big to jump across? Can the Rock really jump from one side of a prison cell to an, from a prison um, thing to another? No, no, he cannot. Wasn't the scene where he's actually holding up like uh, some type of like jeep or something like that, some vehicle with his arm that was on this cable? Wasn't yeah, that what he seems? He's not Braun Strowman. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> Braun could have exactly. done that. Not the Rock. Mm. I mean, it was just uh, oh, they are just driven. But I do, I say, I do like the first two because they they actually stuck to street racing and it was good. Um, I liked the send off for um, in. A Fast and Furious film for I'm going to completely um, Paul Walker. The fellow who sadly died, wasn't it? In, yeah, in, Paul, yeah, Paul Walker. I, I like that bit when he drives off and they go. That that bit's very nice. I will give him credit for that. But the rest of it is the driveling shits, and it deserves to burn. 
<laughs> so I've seen the trailer for the next one, which features John Cena. Won't be watching that either. <laughs> is that because it's Fast and Furious, or is it because it's John Cena? Well, no, it's just because it's Fast and Furious. And, uh, you know, and, the, and in the trailer for that, which, you know, obviously, I think that should have been released in, was it May or something? I think it was supposed to be released earlier this year, but yeah, they yeah. delayed it until next year, which absolutely did make sense. Um, and that was, a, you know, particularly egregious to me. Uh, the, 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 there was a scene there where I think a car uh, drives up a rope bridge. I think that's one of the scenes in the trailer. Yeah. And you're just like, mm. <laughs> but hey, there's an audience for this, and but it, the audience doesn't include me or you, actually, Reese. No, no, not at all. I mean, I mean, to, to, even though John Cena is in it, I do like John Cena films. Bumblebee's a really good film that he's in because he's yeah, a heel. In that, yeah, I enjoyed that. Jeez, John Cena as a heel is incredible, but in this one, he's, he's, he's a bad guy again. But I just don't want to see it because he just, uh, he, he's, um, I think he's the Rock's brother. Right. Okay. No. No. Yeah. So. Yeah. It, no. Dom. Which was. I don't know who Dom is. Oh no. No. He's Vin Diesel's brother. Sorry. Okay. That's so, not very believable, is it? Yeah. I. I. Yeah. So. I, just. Just. Just burn. Just. 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 Just go away. Yeah. <laughs> Fast and Furious. Fast and Furious is in the barbie bin. You. Finn. You are one for one. Fantastic. And I can just say that Bumblebee movie. That really sort of was a deviation from the Transformers films where. The, you know, the Bumblebee film was more about the relationship between the girl and the Bumblebee character. And it had a heart, that film, didn't it? it I mean, did. it, it really did. I mean, it was like a a film, you know, with some substance there. It wasn't just all CGI, silly effects. There was some of that. But the central, you know, to me, the crux of that film was the relationship between the lead human character and the Bumblebee Transformer. And that's why it works so well. And, and yeah, Cena didn't overstay his welcome in it. And I enjoyed him in that. I mean, yeah, write that down. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's on recording, that is. Jesus. Um, but no, what, it, what my problem be good is it wasn't directed by Michael Bay. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, yes. I hate that, yes. man. Um, so, <laughs> right. <laughs> Number two. Okay, this is, a, uh, this is a completely different one. Here we go. Leaves. Leaves <laughs> on trees. Like, okay, you know, they provide food for trees. I get that. Something called photosynthesis. You know, I get all that, you know, but... We need some evolution here. I mean, what, what I'm trying to articulate, right, is why can't all trees be evergreen? Why do some have to be deciduous and therefore lose their leaves each year and make a total mess of everything? That's what I'm saying. I'm saying if trees evolve, become all, you all need to be evergreen so you don't shed your leaves each autumn, each fall, and make a total mess of the streets of my back garden. So next one is leaves. <laughs> oh God! Um, right, okay, okay. Serious face. Leaves. Okay, I understand they make a mess. I do. Now you know. I mean, there's, uh, where I say if I walk to, when I walk to work, there's um there's like a hill that go down. There's a load of trees, and it's completely full of leaves. And I'm not gonna lie, I did fall over once. I slipped. I was being right. stupid, but I slipped. Well, um, I, hope, I hope you were all right. I mean, I hope you were. You oh, were I mean, no doubt you, all your bump training saved you there, you know. My arse hurt. Oh, I, I, I say that, my arse hurt. But what hurt me was pride. Everyone just looked at me and just went, ha, ha. I went, oh. 
Oh, but no, I got this. I was fine. But no, that, I mean, and also, uh, my uh, my mom, um, she's in the wheelchair, so she when she's going down in these, she's going down the same road, same road to school. She gets completely. Some of the leaves get stuck in the, like in the wheels and stuff like that. It's really horrible, and it's disgusting. She, she slides about, and you know, it's not nice to see. But um, I will say though, leaves turning brown it is very nice. They are, it is beautiful to look at though. When they go orange and red, they are quite nice to look at. And they should it, they should just stay the way for autumn, not fall on the floor. Just stay on there for autumn. <laughs> and then, I'm sorry, yeah, but winter is the coldest month, the coldest time of the year. Why are they shedding the thing that keeps them warm? Exactly. I mean, it makes I mean, no sense to me. I mean, I'm all from changing colours, you know, the changing of the seasons. It's all very beautiful and everything. But, you know, why, why do they have to fall off? Mm. I mean, you don't see, when it gets snowy, we don't strip naked and go, oh, yeah, let's go in the snow. No, we don't. But, I mean, some people might do that, but I don't. No, I, <laughs> I uh, wrap up when it snows. I'm thinking, of the rest of, I'm thinking of the rest of society here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So am I. I'm, I mean, there's some questionable people. But, uh, <laughs> but no, I mean, I agree. I mean, they do make a mess. And what gets me as well is when you rake them all up. I did this. So outside my house, we, there's a little tree. So I remember raking, uh, getting some leaves up off the dry and everything like that. And this little kid, I don't know who he is, but he decided to kick the pile of leaves. Right. Now, I work I work with children. I, I could tolerate them. And all I shout, you little bastard! Well, I don't blame you. Get back here now! Same thing. <laughs> yeah. I said, get back here now! And I, 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 at that age, at that stage, I went, look, I'm a 20, I, I was 24 at that point. I'm a 24-year-old man shouting at a child to come pick up leaves what has gone wrong in my life well it's the leaves fault you know blame it on the trees that's what i say i well, mean no, I blame they it. drove I blame you it. to this well no i blamed it on his parents <laughs> well there's that as well of course but yeah but had the leaves not shed their sorry the trees not shed their leaves in the first place you know this incident would not have occurred no i have a, I have a theory how to, how to prevent this you know how we get fired for littering yeah Technically, trees are littering. So what we should do is find the trees. Well, I mean... Yeah. I'll stop it then. I mean, I think maybe society's got enough to deal with at the moment before we start issuing fines to trees, to be honest. Oh, no, no, no. no, no. I, yeah, I will set up this own task force myself. In the world, December 2020. <laughs> no, I will set up this task force myself. <laughs> I, will, I will vigilantly go around finding trees. Yeah, maybe it could be like those COVID marshals, you know, the ones who apparently, I've never seen one around here, who apparently tell people what to do. I mean, I don't know how many people signed up for that job. I think it was unpaid. So you're going to sign up to do a job where all you'll get is abuse all day for no money. Yeah, yeah I don't really, don't really see oh. many people. Maybe some busybody types like doing that type of thing. I don't know. They're called Karens, aren't they? <laughs> well, usually, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Usually, yeah. I mean, I, I've got to tell you, I think probably the only time I ever shouted at a child was, and he was probably actually maybe about 16, to be honest, was I was walking walking home from town back to my house, and uh, he had this uh, felt-tip marker and was writing his name on a street sign. Actually, oh. he might have been 17 or even 18. So he was obviously a lot younger than me, but he wasn't like 10 or something. He's writing his name on a street sign. I said, hey, stop doing that. And he, and he did, and then just ran off. So society, right, his name on a street sign. I oh, don't God. know, no respect for society. So, I mean, you know, I wasn't, yeah, stop doing that. And he did so. So, I mean, you know, at least I achieved something that day. You know, I did. I mean, if, if it, on that sign. 
If you did that round here, I mean, where I live, like, you know, if you told someone to stop writing on the side, they'd come after you. All right. All right. I feel blessed that I live in a town where it did occur to me afterwards that it could have ended badly, but it didn't do. So, uh, you know, anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I live in Birmingham. There okay. we go. Okay. That's what, that, that's what all needs to be said is I live in Birmingham. Okay. <laughs> okay. No leaves. Leaves. Leaves are a problem. They are a menace. They are a... They are a menace, a, a danger to society, as you know, as you yeah. saw, as you experienced when you fell over and slipped on them. True, but I was being stupid. I was running, but you know, that's why running is bad for you. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> okay. Yes, that's why. So, right, should we move on to number three? Yeah, so leaves are in there. So you are three. You are two for two. So leaves are in the bin fin. Okay, next one is Jägermeister and shots in general, alcoholic shots in general. I mean, oh, I was waiting for this one. I was, <laughs> what's the point of these? You know, to guarantee that tomorrow will be a write-off. Is that is that the purpose of, of drinking shots? I mean, back in the late 1980s, when I first started going out drinking, going to pubs, some people, very few, but some people would have a chaser, like a, you know, whiskey or a vodka or whatever, Bacardi. They'd have a chaser with a pint of lag or a pint of bitter or whatever they were drinking. And I never understood the point of that either. I think I only ever once did that. Um, and, you know, the whole thing of like drinking shots or having chasers with your pint or your half or your, you know, normal drink. It's like, what's the point of this? To ensure that, you know, you end up in a in a total stupor, you know, and un, unable to remember details of the journey home or or anything, really, you know, the last hour or couple of hours of the night. Uh, I've never understood the shots culture, never being able to grasp it. It's not enjoyable. Um, you don't taste it on the way down. Though sometimes, I mean, I know in some places they do these offers where it's like 10 shots for ten or whatever, ten shots for twelve quid or whatever. And that's really been fueling the whole shot culture of yeah, it's cheap and let's get smashed. And the whole thing as well now with people preloading, which is something, you know, I've never done, but something apparently young people do. Oh yeah, we get tanked up and then we go out so it doesn't cost as much. But the whole shot thing, I just don't get it. I don't see the enjoyment of it. Um all it does is just get you absolutely slaughtered and ensure that the next two days you're gonna feel terrible. I mean, I know, I guess that is the point of it, but I just don't get it. Isn't there a video video of you enjoying Jaeger, though? Well, yeah, yeah, I was, yeah. (laughs) That's it, yeah. The one and only time in my life I would would drank those things, never again. I certainly didn't enjoy the next two days afterwards, I can tell you that much. So that's the reason they're on my list. Hey, hey, I remember the words you said that's absolutely fantastic. Those are the words I think you said in that video when you were asked, how does Jaeger taste? But <laughs> I will not hold that against you, no. I have a story, though, about my 23rd birthday. I, so uh, my, uh, uh, there was an Albion game. I'm a, I'm a Westbridge Albion fan. We went out afterwards, and my best friend was coming up from London to see me. So I'm looking forward to that. And we, we, we're, about, we, we, we're a decent amount of points in. At this point, and yeah. my best friend only drinks whiskey, so okay. he was buying this whiskey, and he bought me some. And he kept bu- he buying me doubles. And what I did at this point, because I was very, I was half cut. I was, right. I was necking them, and I necked fourteen of them. They were doubles. 
So I took 28 single shots of whiskey. I don't remember anything from that point onwards. Um, I'm surprised you didn't my... end up having your stomach pumped after all that lot. Well, no, I went to McDonald's, had a food fight. I remember that bit. God. Um, I felt them. I remember, I remember having a few fights at McDonald's, and then there's a picture of... This isn't, this isn't that flattering thing. There is a picture of me outside McDonald's, literally oh, just... Oh, oh, it's oh, totally so... But, but, the, but the, I mean, like, I, I, I enjoy bourbon. I'm a big fan of Wild Turkey, Jim Beam, Jack Daniels, all that type of Four Roses. You know, but you drink that slowly. You don't neck it. You know, you, you can either have it neat with... You know, with ice, or you can have it with a little bit of uh, Coca-Cola, and that's an enjoyable drink. And especially as you know, either as a quite a long drink or even a smaller drink, I mean, you can enjoy that. You're enjoying the taste of it. You're savouring it. You're savouring every sip with the shots. It's just right, way. You know, you just knock them back, and that's it. So there's no enjoyment at all. So I think that is different. But I'm still, you know, going to say, you know, you took the concept of enjoying, you know, the double whiskey. Uh, no, after, no, no, no. You know, you're supposed to be enjoying it, but instead you were you were drinking it like shots. So it's the same type of thing, isn't it? I was, yeah. I, I was a mess. Yeah, I'm sure um, you were. How long did it take you to recover from that? Well, the, this is the thing. I didn't actually recover because I went. Uh, me, and, it was takeover that night. So I think it was. So it was WrestleMania 34. So it was takeover New Orleans. Yeah. So I watched. So I watched that in the morning when I got back in absolutely out of my face watching that match and I think I was shouting wrestlers that weren't even there to come on and then it was Mania on the night it was my birthday yeah Mania so I went to my friend's house to watch it and he went oh here we go we got I for some reason came with the drinking challenge for it and (laughs) I completely forgot about the drinking challenge so I get to his house and all I see is like two crates of uh, 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 Copperberg and I went (laughs) (laughs) after drinking so yeah it took me about four days to recover and that point yeah i i had to go to the hospital on the 10th of april really with we had to go to hospital with uh, my mom to, for my little brother with his eye with his eye um, test and i was just sat i sat with uh, yeah you're gonna you're gonna knock me for this i sat there with my john cena hoodie on <laughs> first it was the first thing i picked up my john cena hoodie on with the hood up glasses on just going one good thing about wearing a John Cena merchandise was that if you puked up, if you vomited on the top, I mean, it probably would have improved it. <laughs> no, it was nice. I don't have it anymore. I was gutted. But no, no, shots are in they're in the bin purely for another story as well before we move on. My friends got me. Well, I went to a stag do and we went axe throwing. And all um, right. Okay, yeah. It's it's incredible. If you if you've ever tried to do it, do it, it's really good. Now I um so we made we made a bet, me me, the stag and the people that were there, we said whoever comes last has to do five shots of the other per of the other people's choices. Now, because I was confident and they go, I ain't gonna lose this, I lost. And we get to uh, this we get to a, a bar in Birmingham, so we're in the we're, we're under next to the canals. And and they go, have they forgot, have they forgot? And I'm just there going, oh, it's all right. And then I just see five shots of fireball whiskey waiting for me. Right. And I, just went, I went, you bastards. Right. And I went, you made the bet? I went, yeah, not for me to have it. But no, I, ne- I necked all five and I went, oh, yeah. I had to have two pints of water just to recover. Oh, but yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> that's the forfeit. You know, you're, you're an honourable man. You know, these were this was the consequence of losing... 
And, you know, you you did what you said you were going to do. I mean, reluctantly, and there was some protests, of course, but you went Definitely. through it. You know, would, ever, would other people have done the same as you? No. Or would you have forced them to? Probably would have forced them to, because what I found, I found the shot that everybody didn't like, so I was going to get them that one. Okay. And then they found out that, oh, then they remembered, oh, Reese's 23rd birthday, he drank Fireball, he doesn't like it anymore. Bollocks. <laughs> so so uh, no. They did it deliberately out of badness then. They chose yeah. that you that you would find it foul. Yeah, there was a video as well. And it's, it's oh, I look, oh, I just, I didn't like it at the end. And then my mate for, for Christmas last year, he bought me a bottle of Jack Daniels Fire Whiskey and it hasn't been opened and it is still in the drink shelf with do not open, this is pure evil. What you need to do is you need to gift wrap it and give it to him this Christmas. I tried that for his birthday and he oh. gave it me back. <laughs> 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 so it, it just, it stand, it's, in my, it's, it's on my drinks uh, cabinet and it just looks at me with just utter evilness. And I don't like it. But yeah, no, you are three for three. Okay, all right. <clears throat> Number four is... This is a wrestling one. Ooh. Okay. The rise. This is what I don't like. The rise of thigh-slapping, tumbling matches comprising gymnastic routines in which the object is to perform as many flips, twirls, and handsprings as possible rather than actually defeat your opponent or opponents in matches in which we, as wrestling fans, can suspend our disbelief and not feel like we're watching a choreographed exhibition that would be better suited to Britain's Got Talent or even Strictly, you know? The young folks. Some of these matches look like dance routines where they are patently helping each other. We are not supposed to be able to see through this. So that's what I want to see the back of. I completely agree. It's why... This is why, I mean, I imagine you want to just stay out of this. This is why I don't like AEW, because <laughs> they do a lot of this stuff. I mean, I said the name of the Young Bucks. They they are notorious for it. Everything. Oh, it's a super kick party. Oh, hey, let's super kick everybody. Let's, let's, oh, this is what really annoyed me with them. I remember watching uh, Phoenix versus, Phoenix and Penta versus the Young Bucks. I think it was a, oh, I can't remember, it was a ladder match for the AAA tag team titles. Okay. And, so Nick Jackson got put through a ladder by Penta, and okay. they still won the match. And about 10 minutes later, after Jericho's just won the title, they're, they're backstage. They're walking around like nothing could happen. And they go, you just got put through a fucking ladder. You should be limping around, not go, not backstage, going like his thumbs up to Chris Jericho. No! Sell, yeah. you prick! Um, yeah. it's, why, it's why I don't like them, and it's why I love story-based matches. There is nothing better than a story match. My favorite, this is my, my favorite match. One of my favorite matches is Austin versus Rock Three at Mania 19. All right, yeah. Because the level of story going into that match, and obviously not knowing it was Austin's last match as well, but the stories going into it, it was incredible. Yeah, yeah, and with all the history and all the history between them, support yeah. everything that they did. Exactly. Yeah, and that's, that's weaved, into the, weaved into the tale, isn't it? That is the tale. That is the story. Yeah, and, and that's the, give me a good story match over flippy bollocks any day. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously linked to the decline, you know, believable selling in pro wrestling. And, you know, to me, the, the, the big sell, it requires discipline. It requires investment, a belief, and the understanding, 
you know, that the pop and the heat must be earned. You know, it's not a immediate yeah. gratification thing. Well, let's just do this big tumbling routine and everyone will go, yay. You know, it's like we don't want that. It's, it needs you need to earn that through a process of moves uh, that all, yeah. you know, connect and you know, mesh and tell an, a story that leads to an outcome. You know, it's like, you know, going back to movies, you know, the you know, the John Wick movies. Have you watched any of them? Oh, I love yeah, them. I mean, I mean, I thought, well, I'll give these a chance. And because I was a big fan of back in the 90s of Chow Yun-Fat and movies like Hard Boiled and The Killer. I mean, Hard Boiled was kind of silly, but still did have a story to it. The Killer, I thought, was amazing. These were, you know, John Woo movies when he was was the man. You know, he was the guy that was influencing everyone. Um, yeah. And you look at John Wick and think, oh, you know, theoretically, this could, this should be great. And it's obviously it's the Fast and Furious audience that's going to see it, where all it is is fight scenes and gunplay. That's all it is. There's nothing else. And you're, I can't, I, I've tried to watch two of them and had to turn them off after about 25 minutes. I like John Wick. I really like the John Wick movies. <laughs> okay, well. Why, no, 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 no. But why I like it is, why, this is why I like it, is the sheer ridiculousness of it. It's a man gets his dog killed and that justifies killing everybody. Yeah. That's all it is. And that's why I like it is because it is utter bollocks. But I like it. <laughs> yeah, I just it's think if, I just think if it had something connecting all the scenes, it would be better. But maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. movie, wouldn't it? It would be it would not be what it is. And there's obviously not because there's three of them, aren't there? And so there's obviously an audience for that. And you know, Ke- Keanu Reeves is this guy who you think, oh, it's over for him. You know, it's over. His career is finished. And then he does something like, like, my God, he's back on top again. You know, it's just amazing, really. He's even done another Bill and Ted's movie. That came out this year, didn't it? Oh, it's so good. I love Bill and Ted. But I can't believe that Keanu Reeves is 56. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's in great shape. Looks really good. Yes. So, um, you know, he's still got a great head of hair there. So good mm-hmm. for him. That's what I say. Mm-hmm. That's what I say. But, you know, I mean, in wrestling, you know, the cell, it's not dead. You know, as Walter and Dragon Off and people like Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns have demonstrated this year. But, you know, maybe it's an exaggeration to say it's on life support. It really, I mean, it probably isn't. But, I mean, you know, someone needs to slam the brakes on here before, you know, before wrestling just goes too far in that direction. I just think, you know, show some restraint. Do less. Yeah. Do less so it means more. You know, that's my theory. I, can really, I mean, did you watch War Games? I did, yes. Yes, we reviewed uh, those matches on this week's podcast. Oh, I'll, I can't wait to listen to it. But did you see the um, Shotzi Blackheart Candice LeRae spot when Shotzi's on the top of the, on the ladder? Yeah, I did do. And I was trying to work out what was going on there. And, yes. Yeah, I didn't understand it at all. That's what I'm saying. To why, so Shotzi can clearly see Candice has pulled a chair on that. Why is she still doing that move for? And also, are you pointing it out? I didn't see this, but you pointed out the platform for Pat McAfee. I never saw it. <laughs> yeah, and, and there was one there for EO as well. I mean, I, I, has anyone explained yet no. how she managed to get that dustbin on top of the fence? No idea. I have no idea how she did it. What it might have done is it might have been what it could have been. You know, the briefcase that kept going missing from Austin. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they brought that. Maybe he came back, brought it down with the dustbin, and then went, went away. It takes away from any. Sometimes I love NXT, but some of the matches you watch, you just go, "Why?" You, what, like like the Adam Cole Gagano matches. 
they went too long. They were too full of spots and stuff like that. But, yeah. Yeah. but then when I watched the Iron Man match, though, the with Balor, um, Champ, Champa, Kagana, and Cole. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that was incredible. That flew by. There was no, there was a bit of fluffy bollocks, but mostly it was story-based, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, and yeah de- definitely. And it's almost like, to me, I think Finn Balor's looking at what's going on because he's obviously a really smart guy when it comes to wrestling. And he's seen that these people are doing these things that just are not plausible within the context of pro wrestling. And he's deliberately going in a different direction um, or is at least voicing that opinion. I'm sure he's got enough respect. His respect rating backstage in NXT is high enough that people will listen to him uh, and allow him to contribute to his matches. So, um, but it seems to me like he's going in that direction, you know, that we want wrestling or we would like wrestling to go in is that it should be more credible. You know, if you're not a wrestling fan, then you probably, you know, go for in with laughter right now. But everything, you know, whether it's Marvel or Star Wars or whatever, everything's got its own internal logic and pro wrestling has as well. And um, yeah. I, yeah. I just think that, you know, there needs to be more restraint, more discipline uh, and people just kind of trying to, just wind it back a bit, you know, just stop doing so much because it's a cheap way of getting a pop, you know, and, and I've got to say ECW was guilty of doing this as well. Sabu and Rob Van Dam, they did this where they just did all these matches with too many spots and not enough selling. Jeff um, Hardy. Well, Jeff Hardy has done that in the past as well, but I think that his matches, there's a lot more meaning to them and the, the, yeah. the cell is very believable there and he doesn't do as much as these people do. And even if you go back and look at the matches from the Attitude Era, um, they when they did big moves and big stunts, there was fewer of them and they meant more. Uh, you know. Anyway, I've said this enough times now, I'm just repeating myself if I go over it again. No, no, I completely agree. You, you, you're four for four. I completely agree. Nothing beats a, I, I, nothing beats a good sell and a good story. And yeah, okay, granted, yes, flippy stuff can be used. I can use it once in a while, but not use it all the time. Just get, like, as you said, a cheap pop, yeah. or for the player to be expecting. And this is the detriment to it, though, because if you don't do it in a match, the crowd will go, "Oh no!" Or they didn't do what I liked. Oh, I'm going to boo them now. And that's the you, you kind of set yourself up for a fall. And I, could, I, I, I completely agree with you. They should be. They should. Uh, it's in the bin. You're four for four. It's burning. <laughs> <laughs> okay right here the final one okay this is kind of like two in one here um and this is you know this is this is the final one T right this is something that really annoys me television series that are cancelled before they reach their natural conclusion and tv series that long long overstay their welcome right yes so these are ones that were cancelled too soon Quarry on Cinemax, one season, absolutely tremendous. Even had a wrestling scene in it, believe it or not. Uh, that was set in Memphis in, I think, 72. It was like a guy back from Vietnam, um, and he becomes like a hitman for the mob, and the whole structure of it, and the te- storytelling, and everything was in place for this even better season two, and it was cancelled. Uh, another one that annoyed me, The Borgers, I got into that. Um, yes. That lasted three seasons, and I think it was going to be. I think it was going to be one more season. Season four, it was going to end there, and he didn't. They just cancelled it after season three without a proper conclusion. Um, yeah, that 
they tried to do a film, but it was too expensive. They were going to do all these things and none of it happened. Oh, we can't afford it. And it's like, that was like a Showtime show with all these different countries putting money in. And Jeremy Irons was the lead guy in it. It There's all these stars involved. And you think, bloody hell, you know, how could this happen to this program? Uh, Another one was was Deadwood, which was cancelled after season three. At least they did a movie to finish that off. Um, so there are three that I can name that were cancelled before they, you know, reached their natural conclusion, and ones that just went on too long. The Walking Dead, my God. Yes. Dexter, yes. of course. You know, Dexter, they're bringing that back and trying oh. to give it a satisfactory ending. Lots of people are talking about that. I mean, I don't know whether Game of Thrones lasted too long or they just lost their minds in that final season, but it was right. to me just a betrayal. A betrayal. Yes. Um, yes. You know, another one on that I've, you know, God knows why I started watching this. It's on Netflix. Stars Gillian Anderson. It's called The Fall. And it's like, oh, three seasons. And like, you think, oh, well, it must be three different stories. And it's, it's one story. And I'm like, <laughs> it's season two. And I'm thinking, how is this show still going? You know who the killer is. <laughs> how have you not picked him up by now? And I just sit there thinking, this just makes no, none of this makes any sense. Um, no. and I'll, I'll just give you some examples of, of series which ended at the right time, and then I'll shut up. Six Feet Under. I don't know whether you've seen that. Seen that? Six yeah. Feet Under. That was Alan Ball. I've seen a bit of it, yeah. Oh, that had one of the most amazing endings to a TV series I've ever seen. Uh, the Wire. That lasted five yeah. seasons. Uh, I thought um, the juice was really good as well. Obviously, the subject, subject matter, the porn industry, was something that is not that palatable for a lot of people, which you understand. But, I mean, that, I think, didn't outstay its welcome. Obviously, Breaking Bad, everyone always talks about that one. Um, Banshee, which was a Cinemax show, that actually started off as something that could have gone either way and ended up actually being really good. And that ended um, at just the right time. And I also just want to mention the original Penny Dreadful, with Eva Green and Timothy Dalton, um, I just I thought that I thought that was three seasons that was perfect, and I really enjoyed the ending to that. So that's my last one. No, I agree. Um, go with Game of Thrones though. Game of Thrones is a really weird one because they had HBO told them they could do ten seasons, and what happened was the two writers I think they got an offer from Disney to do a Star Wars show or something like that, and they got paid not three hundred million paid for it. And then what <laughs> happened was. That got cancelled because of how crap Game of Thrones was at the end. <laughs> but, so yeah, I mean, I, 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 Game of Thrones. Oh, it was the best. It won the best TV shows I've ever seen. I, I was invested from season one, and when it got to season eight, and I saw the, the Battle for Winterfell, and I just sat there and I went, "What the hell is this?" Yeah. Um, Breaking Bad won the. It is the best TV show I've ever seen. It's it finished at the right time. And yeah, um, granted, the I, I like the special they did with um, Al Camino. That was good. Um, it didn't need to be there, but it was quite, it was good as well to see it. Um, yeah, I watched that as well. But what I what I did do was I watched the final episode of Breaking Bad again. And I think if you ever watch, yeah. if you do watch that Netflix film, you have to watch the final episode of Breaking Bad again oh, because yeah, otherwise definitely. it won't make any sense. Oh, definitely. I, 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 because I, 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 I hope it's coming out. So I start. I rewatched Breaking Bad. I oh, know I rewatched the last season of Breaking Bad just so I, I got up to up to um the end of it. But yeah, it was it was good. Um, but yeah, I mean, Glow was a big one. So Glow was cancelled this year. Um, it just got to season three, 
And I was thinking, right, so season four is going to be the last one. They said it was going to be the last one. And they're going, okay, this could be good. And then they just cancelled it. And it was good because I really like Glow. Yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, I've got to say, I, I haven't watched season three. I don't know why. I just lost interest. Uh, and I don't know why I haven't watched it. I maybe will get around to seeing the end of the final season. But now I know that it's been cancelled. Maybe I won't bother. You know, it's I, like, you think, well, yeah. you know, you, you didn't fulfill your end of the bargain as a TV program producer here so yeah. you know you've lost me as a viewer you know if you're not going to give us a show and end it on the terms that we believe that was the agreement when we entered into this i mean i know that's i'm make i'm just exaggerating there of course there's no agreement at all but we as viewers when we go into watching something we want to think that this show will not just end abruptly with no conclusion yeah Otherwise, like, and if we think that, we're not going to watch it, are we? We're going to be less inclined to do so anyway. It's just, it's just predictable. You're just waiting for the end. That's what I think it is. But, I mean, you look at Lost. Lost was a classic one that went too long. Because the ending to Lost. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. Just don't watch Lost. But, yeah. But then again, though, me and you do, I mean, me and you do watch a show, that, the, uh, the longest weekly episodic TV show in the world. <laughs> And that should have ended so many goddamn years ago, and yet we still watch it. <laughs> we still do watch it, absolutely. I mean, oh, God. It, it, no, should no. Least, it should at least be trimmed to two hours a week rather than three. But, God, you know, we understand why it's three hours a week, because they get paid more money for it, and that's where the money is. So we do get that. Money, because that's all we care about. No. Um, but, no, I completely no, think you are five for five. You've got a full 100% list. Um, uh, everything, yeah, I couldn't disagree with any of them. I'm shocked, though, that Tom Hanks wasn't put in. Well, I mean, that's kind of a bit of a joke, really. You know, I mean, it is a bit of a joke. So, uh, I mean, I do I do respect him as an actor and as a producer, and he's done lots of different things as well behind the scenes. Uh, I'm not really a fan of his films, and I did actually, I did actually try to watch Saving Private Ryan again, uh, again uh, recently. I have seen that film several times. And I just had to turn that off as well. And I thought Tom Hanks' platoon was so obnoxious. But yes. unfortunately, I didn't really care if any of them survived or not. So, I mean, it's just like, <laughs> I, just think I can't remember them all being this, this unpleasant. Well, not unpleasant, but they were just didn't cook. The, you know, you weren't. I found myself unable to warm to any member of his platoon. I just thought, well, why is this? At least what I think... Um, at least what actually that's not true one of them the guy who was the was it the interpreter and he was yeah, the one yeah. who had to go so yeah the interpreter he had to long he actually did have some likable qualities but the rest of them didn't and they were all really horrible to him i mean and it's just I, you know it, it says a lot that you don't care about them and you kind of wanted the germans to kill them well yeah but it's just like you wouldn't know whether, they lived, whether they lived or died at the end you <laughs> It's not like watching The Great Escape or something like that, you know, where they oh, all get like, You're just like, oh, my God, I can't believe that's just happened. And you don't see any of it, of course, because it's a film from early 60s and, mm. you know, they're not going to show a lot of people being gunned. Actually, I think being gunned down like that. Um, but it's just like that was almost the power of it that you didn't see it and that they were just stood there and it was like David Attenborough's uh, expression when he realises that they're all about to be shot. And it's just like, Oh, my God. So, yeah, you've got a lot more of emotional attachment to them than anyone in Tom Hanks' platoon, apart from the interpreter. 
<laughs> oh, that's a perfect way to end it. <laughs> we, 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 yeah. So, Finn, before you go, do you want to do your plugs, um, please? Uh, well, yeah, just inside the ropes wrestling magazine. I'm involved in that. Obviously, the Power Slam podcast, which you've already mentioned. Um, I've done three books on pro wrestling as well. Pro wrestling through the Power Slam years, Power Slam interviews one, and Power Slam interviews volume two. They're available via Amazon. So please check them out if you're a fan of wrestling history. That's my only plugs. Oh, definitely. I mean, the ITR magazine, I am getting this episode. I am going to get the other ones as well. Just, you know, work has been rubbish recently. So I will be getting them soon because I can't wait to read. And the crosswords, I can't wait to do them because people said they're really hard. I cannot wait. Uh, but no, you can find uh, me on Twitter at arsons 94 You can follow Rogue Opinions at Rogue underscore Opinions. Uh, you can find our podcast on Apple, Spotify, uh, Podbean, wherever you get your, wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, but Finn, it's been an absolute pleasure doing this with you. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh no, I've, I've had a great time. You know, I'm glad you invited me. I, I must admit that when you uh, you did pitch the concept to me, I was like, "You're kidding, right?" And the more I thought about it, I thought, actually, that's a really interesting idea for a podcast. So uh, I'm really, I'm pleased, I'm chuffed that you invited me on and I've had a great time. No, thank you for coming. Um, but yeah, uh, Finn, I want to wish you a, a wonderful Christmas as well. And, and um, you likewise, and to, and to all the listeners as well, of course. Uh, definitely, all listeners, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully 2021 will be better than 2020. I don't see how it can be much worse. Oh, we could just see the, the, just see the stroke of 11.59 and it just goes to 1st of the 13th, 2020. That's how it could get worse. But uh, no, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much and goodbye. Goodbye.